Welcome to episode 172 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are doing a quick retrospective of the entirety of Season 7, before we move on to Season 8 next week. Season 7 kicked off with The Sixth Extinction on November 15th of the year 2000. Then continuing with Sixth Extinction Part 2 on November 22nd. This picks up where Season 6 left off, where we had an alien spacecraft with all the human religious texts embedded into its surface. And when Mulder was exposed to it, he gained some psychic abilities, a little bit of precognition, but these abilities were killing him. They eventually managed to sever the connection, but it did tie the alien presence more deeply into humanity's past, including into humanity's religions. On November 29th, we got episode three, Hungry, in which a mutant human shark monster is eating people, trying his best to feed on inanimate objects. But he does eventually succumb to his overwhelming hunger and starts killing people and ends up putting Muller and Scully in a position where they need to kill him. Episode 4 was Millennium, which doesn't do much in the sense of moving forward with the X-Files story, as it does wrap up the plot threads of Millennium, which was cancelled after only three seasons, Chris Carter's other show. Episode 5 was Rush, where we get the X-Files take on The Flash. We get some high school kids, some become heroes, some become villains, and Mulder and Scully are present, but almost incidental in terms of the outcome of the story, followed by the Goldberg variation where a man has just paranormal luck. That was the first episode of 2001. It aired on January 7th. The luckier he gets, the more bad luck comes to someone else. Horizon saw the return of Donnie Faster and his sister. Episode 8 was The Amazing Malini, which was about stage magic and stage magicians. Signs and Wonders digs into some religious cults on January 28th with episode 9. Zainun Zeit and Closure were two episodes that aired in February, February 4th and February 18th of 2001, which close off the mystery of Samantha's abduction. On February 25th, we got X-Cops, the Cops parody, where there is something out there that seems at first like a werewolf, but we soon find it is something else entirely. First Person Shooter aired on March 4th, the second one co-written by William Gibson, where they go into a first person shooter game. That has taken on a life of its own. March 11th saw episode 14, Thief, where a doctor and his family are being hunted and killed by a relative of one of his former patients. Anami sees Scully and the Cigarette Smoking Man spend a lot of time together in an episode that was written by William B. Davis. They do a road trip and he offers her the cure for all human disease, and eventually drugs her, knocks her unconscious, and some unrevealed things happened during that time. I say unrevealed, I mean as of the end of Season 7. The reveal will be discussed later. Episode 16, we get Chimera, where their Mulder and Scully are split up, so Scully is on a stakeout, has very little screen time, and it's really about Mulder figuring out what's going on in a town, where Someone has a pretty extreme multiple personality disorder. 
Episode 17 from April 1st is All Things. This is where Jillian Anderson is able to write and direct the episode, and it's very Skelly-centric, which is why she had the lighter duty the week before. April 15th saw episode 18, Brand X, where there's a trial group looking for safer cigarettes that have gone very, very wrong, and the secondhand smoke is actually much more fatal. April 22nd saw Hollywood AD, David Duchovny's second turn, writing and directing an episode where Mulder and Scully are dragged into a Hollywood movie that's loosely based on their work. Now, Fight Club was episode 20 on May 13th with doppelgangers that put strain on reality when they're too close together. Episode 21 was Jusuate, when there's a genie that starts sort of making trouble by granting wishes in a literal sense. And then the season finale Requiem aired May 27th, episode 22, bringing them back to Oregon and picking up the threads of the pilot episode. So aside from the two-part premiere, the sweeps week, and the finale, there's not a lot this season that contributes to the overall mythology. With the members of the consortium dead, there doesn't seem to be a lot to go on there. So this was a season that focused a lot more on the Monster of the Week style episodes. That said, it did do well in the award shows. Thief won the Emmy for Outstanding Makeup for a Series, and First Person Shooter, which was one of the less entertaining episodes, ended up winning Emmys for sound mixing and special visual effects. Thief was also nominated for music composition, while First Person Shooter was nominated for sound editing, and Rush was also nominated for best visual effects. So none of the acting and directing awards that it had won in earlier years, but still a very reasonable showing. So overall, while it was an entertaining season, it did feel a bit lackluster. Honestly, as a fan, I was prepared for this to be the final season if David Duchovny chose not to come back. A big part of the draw for me was that serialized ongoing story arc, which just wasn't nearly the same presence it was during this year as it was during earlier years. That's part of why I felt Season 8 revitalized the show, and why I prefer Season 8 to Season 7. We'll start getting into that in detail when we cover the two-part premiere next week, but the short version now is that, with David Duchovny choosing to come back only in a part-time capacity, Chris Carter had to set things up a little bit differently to keep the show going, and he did so in a way that introduced a completely new aspect to the ongoing mythology for the series, and it's a set of aspects with some new characters that I personally quite enjoy. So join us for that coverage of Within and Without next week. Thank you for listening.